0: Thank you, Jim. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the 102nd Psalm. Psalm 102 is where we will be this morning. Yesterday, when uh, we, we've been vacationing in the last few days in North Carolina, and on the way back yesterday, um, Carrie went to put on some Christmas music here uh, after we had gotten into Alabama, and I said, It just doesn't. It's just not as Christmassy here as it is in the mountains. I don't know what it is, but something about the mountains just kind of, I don't know, it just has a little bit more of a Christmas vibe. So, so um, hopefully, hopefully we'll get a, a little bit more of a Christmassy feel here in the next few days, but um, it already feels that way up there for sure. Psalm 102, stand with me as we read verses 25 through 27. This is where we'll focus today. Psalm 102 verses 25 through 27. This is God's word and if you let it, it will change your life. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away but you are the same and your years have no end. Pray with me. Father, we pray that as we open up your word today. We pray that our praise has been favorable to your ears. Lord, we pray that your word will come to our ears. We pray that we will hear from you this morning. And then we will apply your word to our hearts, to our lives. Father, bless this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Be seated. Of old you laid the foundations of the earth. Last week we talked from Psalm 89, uh, focusing in on verse 19, and it started kind of similar. It said, of old you spoke, uh, talking about what God had declared from time immemorial, basically uh, focusing on the fact that he had chosen his Messiah. And because he had chosen his Messiah, that, that through his Messiah that we also were chosen, and so we live in light of who Christ is. Today, this is, the psalmist here is actually praying a prayer of lament. But like many lament psalms, toward the end, he begins to get a higher perspective. He looks up at God and he says, you know, it's it, it, back, way back in the beginning, In fact, the Greek version of the Psalms uh, in the Septuagint puts it uh, in in the beginning, almost like in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, uh, that same kind of thing. In the beginning, you laid the foundation of the earth. Look in verse 25. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. He's considering the fact that God is the one who has made creation. In fact, Uh, he's using a popular poetic device called a chiasm. Now in a chiasm, uh, I've talked about this before, it's almost like Russian nesting dolls where you start with a subject and then you put another subject inside of it and then you put another one inside and you work your way toward the middle and in the middle is the most important thing. But here, he's not doing it over several passages. He's not doing it throughout the entire song. He's doing it within one line with just a few words. And so instead of like Russian rest- nesting dolls, I think it's more helpful, and maybe I'm just hungry, but I think it's more helpful to think of it like a double-stuffed Oreo. What he does in the Hebrew, he, he orders the language a little bit. So in English, if we say a sentence like, John hit the ball, We know what that means, right? There's this guy named John, and he's playing baseball, and he hit the ball, okay? We're all kind of clear on that. But if I change the order up, it changes the meaning of the sentence. If I say the ball hit John, now you got to take John to the doctor to get some medical care. It's totally different meaning from John hit the ball, right? Same words, but a different order changes the sentence completely. Now, if I say hit the ball, John, that's an even different meaning, isn't it? Now, instead of needing medical care, and instead of hitting the ball, now John's having trouble, and, and I'm trying to get him to hit the ball. You, you see what I'm saying? In English, we, our word order matters. But in Hebrew, it doesn't. You can change words around and still get the same meaning. And so what this author does is he moves things around, and so he builds an Oreo. He starts with, of the earth, you laid the foundation, the works of your hands are the heavens, would be the right way this is written in Hebrew. And so you've got the bottom cookie of the Oreo of the earth, then you've got the double stuff cream filling. You laid the foundation, the works of your hands, and then comes the top of the Oreo the heavens. Now we all know what's the best part of the Oreo. It's not the cookie, right? It's the cream filling. The cream filling of this passage is God's active work in creation. So what the psalmist is stressing here is that God is the one who has created it. I think about the earth. I think about the beautiful plants and trees, all the animals that are inhabiting it. I think about the heavens, the glory of the skies, the clouds in the sky, that that beautiful blue, Sky from the oxygen gas that's in our atmosphere, and even beyond that, at night you see the heavenly host all arrayed all over the sky. All of that, it, it all of that, and all of this down here is just the Oreo cookie, and the only purpose of the Oreo cookie is to hold the cream filling. The only purpose for the cookie is to have something to get the filling by, right? You open it up, you eat the filling first. Then maybe you eat the cookie. If you're my kids, maybe not. I don't know. I see a lot of cookie and a whole lot of filling that get, that got eaten off of the cookie, right? The psalmist is stressing that God's active hand is the point. That's the cream filling. I think we're going to have a Walmart run on Oreos later he stresses that because remember he is he is singing a, a prayer of lament look back in in uh look back at the beginning of Psalm 102 he says hear my prayer O Lord let my cry come to you do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress incline your ear to me answer me speedily in the day when I call for my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace my heart is struck down like grass and is withered I forget to eat my bread have you ever been so in distress that you forget to eat that's where this psalmist is he's forgotten to eat He's so distressed that he feels like he's dried up grass. You ever felt that way? And so he needs a reminder that there's something else beyond him that's worth looking to. He needs a reminder that there's something beyond him that makes enduring this distress worth it. And where he finds that is in the God whose hand has created the grass. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth. He's a He's a God who transcends this creation. Beginning of 26, they will perish. We think of things as permanent that aren't. We were on the way back, we stopped at Tallulah Falls, and in Tallulah Falls, there's like this there's this little center where there's a, a miniature museum. Now, if you wanted to read everything and look at everything, it'd probably take you about an hour to get through it. But if, you're, if you've are if you got young ones, they don't like to stop and read. They like to run and see things and, and, and do. And so it didn't take us very long to get through it. But one thing I noticed while I was in there is this picture. They had a picture of what an artist conception drawing of what The Appalachian Mountains used to look like. And it's kind of like the Rockies. They were jagged. There were sharp, uh, uh, straight up, jagged tops to the mountains. Now, anybody been to the Appalachians in the last, I don't know, 2,000 years? (laughs) Are they jagged? No. They're smooth, they're rounded. You see, over time, the tops of the mountains have been worn down with weather. Unlike some other mountains around the world that don't get all the precipitation, the the Appalachians do. And so over time, the rain has just worn them down into rounded tops. They're a lot shorter than they used to be. You see, the things that we think of as permanent aren't permanent. The things that we think will last through the ages aren't lasting through the ages. They're eroding away. Even the mountains are becoming smaller. We think of things as being sure that aren't. We think of things as being unchangeable when in reality they're constantly changing around us. We sang hymns this morning that we sing fairly often. And sometimes when we sing them, we sing them differently than other times, don't we? Sometimes we sing them as though they're old hat. We just just get through the words. It's just another time of singing the same old song. Sometimes we sing them with a little bit more fervor. Sometimes we sing them with more nostalgia, remembering the days gone by.
1: But we always
0: seem to sing the songs a little bit differently, even if The song itself is the same on the page. We bring something different. Maybe we're burdened and heavy-hearted and and we're barely singing it at all. Maybe maybe we're burdened and heavy-hearted and and we find new encouragement in that song. But the song changes every single time, even if it's the same song we've sung for years and years and years. We live in an ever-changing world. We live in a creation that is subject to change. We don't get the luxury of everything being the same as it always was, even though it might look the same, even though it might feel kind of the same. It's different. We passed something the other day, and Carrie said, man, they have let that run down. It was stark, the difference from what it used to be. Given time, everything changes. Even our universe is expanding, constantly under change. This word perish here doesn't mean complete and final destruction every time it's mentioned. Sometimes it does. But sometimes it means that it's just not going to be the same that it once was. See, our world is constantly changing. And it's not just because of fads or trends; It's because of sin. We're in a world that's decaying. In fact, the next next part of that verse says, they will all wear out like a garment. It's like clothes. Now, anybody anybody wear the same clothes every day? Like every single day you wear the same clothes? (laughs) Y'all didn't see this, but Carrie was raising Mitchell's hand. (laughs) because my kids try to wear the same clothes multiple days. It's a a struggle to get them to wear clean clothes sometimes. It's just something kids do. I like this shirt. It's a comfortable shirt. I want to wear this shirt every day. Can I wear that shirt? No. No, you wore it yesterday. It's dirty. I don't care. I want to wear it today. Hopefully that's not that way with underwear, right? But you know, eventually those clothes wear out And the funny thing is, you don't always have to wear them for them to wear out. You've all, you've all, every one of us has had the experience, I'm sure, that you have gone into your closet for something you haven't worn in a while and it's worn down or a moth got in there and there's little holes in it or something has happened to it. I've got shirts that I wore out the elbow of them. I'm not exactly sure how I wore out the elbow, but sure enough, I did. I wore it out to the point where it ripped right at the elbow. I think they've all been thrown away now. I'm not sure. There might be one still hanging around somewhere. Clothes wear out. They don't stay. They they, they wear down. They lose their color. You wash them over and over and over again. And I don't care what that bottle of color-preserving detergent you use is. You wash it enough, it's going to wear out. It's going to dull. That white is going to get dingy. That black is going to be a little less than black after a while. They will perish. They will wear out like a garment. There is nothing secure about our creation. It's going to decay. You will change them like a robe, the verse says, and they will pass away. Our universe has an expiration date on it. But that's what makes, that's that's what makes this so interesting. Because you would think at this point the psalmist would be saying, so there's no hope. I mean, you made it, God, but now it's all wearing out. You can almost hear him saying, you made me through the psalm, but I'm wearing out. He says, at one point, I'm like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I'm like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. For I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger. For you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. Even I'm wearing out. I tell you something, when everything around you is decaying and wearing out, rotting, slowly succumbing to the forces of nature, when the mountains are no longer jagged, but they're rounded off, it's easy to be hopeless. But you know, I left out part of verse 26. That wasn't an accident. Look at it. They will perish, Well, watch this, but you will remain. We live in an ever-changing world that is never as good as it once was and every day will get worse and worse. Every day we wear more and more and more until it decays finally to the point where it's not good for anything anymore, where it's completely unrecognizable. You look at humanity today and you can see there are some aspects of God that, that are still present, but by and large, Man, we're, we're totally screwed up. By and large, if you look at people and you can tell, you can tell that we are not what we are supposed to be. And you don't even have to look far. Just look in the mirror and you'll find plenty to work on. But you can look around and you can see that we are not what God made us to be. We as a species have fallen far away. In fact, so far that all of creation is groaning, Paul says in Romans chapter eight, all of creation subjected to futility has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, even today. If you listen carefully, you can hear creation calling to God, asking him for renewal that's the beautiful thing about God. If there's anyone who can renew, it's him. In fact, let me restate that. He is the one who renews. It's not an if. It's not a a maybe. It's not a knock on wood and let's hope for the best. God is the one who renews. I mean, he's the one who created in the first place. Surely, if, if, if we're to look for anywhere for hope, in the midst of a world that is decaying before us, it is the one who made that world in the first place. He created out of nothing. He's got a lot more than nothing to work with now. They will perish, but you will remain. Verse 27. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna change, you'll change them like a robe and they will pass away, but you are the same and your ears have no end. You see, my days are limited. My days are shortened. My days are coming to a close. Now, it may not be for quite a while. I don't know. But I know I have a death date. I know I have a day when I will no longer live in this present realm. So do you, but his years have no end. My days, I I read verse 11 earlier. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. Look at 12, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. I have limited time, but not him. He is forever. His years have no end. Even though our creation, even though the world in which we live, the entire universe, even though our creation is decaying away, we can put our confidence in the God who never changes. He tells Malachi, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not destroyed. We can put our confidence in a God who never changes, even in the midst of incredible change. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You might say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does this have to do with Messiah? Isn't this a series on the messianic Psalms? Why, yes, it is. Hebrews chapter one, turn with me to Hebrews chapter one. One of the great things about having both an Old Testament and a New Testament is that you can see in the New Testament pictures that you can't see in the Old Testament. Sometimes the New Testament authors bring a perspective to something in the Old Testament that you might not have caught before. Hebrews chapter one, and and really throughout the entire book of Hebrews, does that. The author finds connections in the Old Testament that we might have missed. But now because of Christ, we can see them more clearly. In chapter one, he begins long ago at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The whole point of the book of Hebrews is to elevate the son of God, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Okay? So what he's doing is he's saying God, that, that in Christ, that Christ himself is higher. Christ is higher than the angelic beings. This whole first chapter, he quotes six different Psalms. And we've read some of them. Today, you are my son, today I've begotten you. He quotes from Psalm 2. Or I will be his father and he shall be to me a son. He quotes uh, from another psalm, let all God's angels worship him. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your rightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And then in verse 10, he quotes from Psalm 102. You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. He quotes this as God the Father speaking to God the Son. Read this passage again, but imagine the Son as the one to whom it is spoken. You, Lord, like the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands, they will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same and your years will have no end. See, what we have is a Messiah who is present at the day of creation, actively involved with the Father and the Holy Spirit, doing the work of creation. And because he is the one who has created the earth out of nothing in the very beginning, he's the one who is restoring the earth that is coming to destruction. You see, this world has an expiration date but it doesn't have an end date. What happens is God takes this decaying, decrepit world, this world infested with sin, and he renews it into a living kingdom. And it's the same process that he does in us because our bodies, man, our bodies are decrepit with sin, aren't they? We are of most, most to be pitied among people. You see, we are infested. We are broken. We are decrepit. We are decaying. If you need a reminder of that, just get a little bit older and you'll feel your body decay. I'm to the age now where I'm starting to feel what people have described to me. And I can go ahead and tell you my body is decrepit. (laughs) It's decaying. We rode in the car. My back started hurting after an hour or two. It was was like, you're not supposed to be hurting yet. My body is decaying. It's decaying because of sin. You see, sin, if it does nothing else, even forget for just a second separating you from God, which is really the big worst part of sin, right? Forget that for just a minute. Just the fact. That sin dwells in your bones is enough to make your body decay and die. That alone is bad enough. But we have a God that renews. And He is a God who renews us. He is a God who takes us, who takes the sin from us, who cleanses us of the sin, who atones for it, cleanses us, gets it out who prepares us and consecrates us for that day in which we are made perfect. And one day, we take on a renewed body. I don't know all the details. I don't know exactly what it will look like. I don't know if we'll look exactly the same as we do now or if we'll look totally different. I don't know. All I know is that Jesus is the one who said, behold, I am making all things new. And what he's saying here is that even in the midst of a decaying creation, even in the midst of a body that's decaying, in the midst of a world that's decaying, in the midst of a universe that's decaying, we have hope for renewal from the God who creates. Let this be recorded, the psalmist says, for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord that he looked down from his holy height from heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem his praise when peoples gather together in kingdoms to worship the Lord. God has heard the groaning of creation. He has heard the groanings of his people and he is the God who will redeem those who are doomed to die, who will renew what is decaying, That we may give in praise. They, They will wear out. They will pass away. Like taking off old, dirty clothes. They will be taken off. But our God isn't subject to change. Which makes me ask, am I trusting him? Or am I trusting in the stuff that's decaying right in front of my face? Am I trusting me? Am I trusting my stuff? Am I trusting in those beautiful mountains? All that stuff is temporary. God's the only thing that remains. He's the only one. He's the only one worth trusting. Put your faith in him. Maybe, maybe you're in a, maybe you're having a hard time because things have just not been going well. You've got numbers of of issues attacking you from all sides. Maybe you're worn down from years of fighting and you feel like there's no end in sight. Maybe you're watching things crumble around you, things that you've worked so hard to build, things that you've worked so long, so tirelessly to see succeed, and now they're failing right in front of you. Maybe you've been begging, pleading with someone and they're just rejecting you, turning their back in spite of your love. Maybe, maybe you've just had a head too big for your britches and you've been counting on yourself for so long that you felt invisible and you're learning that you're not. Would you trust God this morning? Would you just put it in his hands? Let him deal with that relationship. Let him deal with that other person. Let him deal with your own pride. Let him deal with the circumstances. Would you just trust him? Father, we are in a decaying creation and it's easy to lose hope when it's all falling apart. Would you remind us that you're the same, that we can count on you? Father, in this time, you you lead us call us to your cross to submit once more to you, to give you not only the praise you deserve, but God, the trust that you deserve to. We're yours. Take us. Lead us. Renew us. In Jesus' name, amen.